Welcome back to another episode of Music Creatives. Today I'm here with Nolan Pelletier. Uh, thanks for being on the, on the podcast. I'm not sure why I did the Borat voice <laughs> there, but uh, thanks for being here, man. It's awesome. Thank you. I liked it. The second I saw your work, I was like, this guy is coming on the podcast. I have always wanted to do sort of imaginative, kind of ornamental, fun illustration. I, I can't necessarily do that, but all of my heroes um, all kind of have that style that's very colorful and, and, um, and bold and fun. And um, I'm excited to, t- to talk about that today and figure out how you got started. But tell, take me from the, the very beginning. Like, when was the first time you picked up, like, markers? Was it in a basement somewhere? dad's an artist what's the back what's like the the origin backstory yeah like I feel like it was the only thing I had any sort of aptitude for so I sort of got uh tricked into becoming an illustrator full-time like you just like draw your whole life and then at a certain point you're like oh no like I don't have a backup plan like I'm just uh yeah this is the only thing I'm moderately good at um so do what you love but you're already doing it (laughs) yeah yeah and then you're suddenly like 23 and you're like oh no I have to make money and (laughs) I draw like pictures of cats for a living so right um yeah so just yeah was always passionate about it as a kid and loved uh art and animation and like all that sort of stuff and just uh developed from there what was the the first thing that you saw? Like for me, the thing that really got me into illustration, I distinctly remember finding like Heinz Edelman, Yellow Submarine, mm-hmm. Seymour Quas, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff that really kind of got me going. What was the first thing that you saw that was like, oh, I, I need to sort of emulate? Was, was there somebody who like you emulated early on or? Yeah, when I was in, uh, I went to, I came to school up in Canada, um, in Toronto, and I was... I knew I loved like uh, mid-century illustration. I in high school I collected a bunch of old paper and like old ephemera. I'd go to tag sales and just like buy big boxes of old like menus and like all the like weird ephemera. Um, right. And loved all that uh, old paper. Um, but then in college I was sort of trying to figure out a like more specific thing that I was passionate about. Um, so just going through all the old graphis magazines, uh, graphis and print and uh, communication arts from the like yeah. 40s through the like 80s, because um, there's just so much uh, inspiration to draw from in there. Um, yeah. And so as I was seeing uh, the big ones for me are the Einzels, Nyad and Walter Einzel. Um, they were just the ones who I super loved. And then uh John Alcorn and Joseph Lowe and Lionel Kalish, just like sort of the New York illustrators from the like 50s through 80s were always really great. Um, So yeah, yeah. and so that sort of just honing in on them and just really responding to all that sort of work and trying to figure out like what their influences were and what they were, where they were coming from when they were making their work Um, and sort of incorporating some of that into my own. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so cool to see um, modern day illustrators who can kind of reference those iconic illustrators and artists from that time. Um, and there are so many, and by the way, you need to totally make me a list of all the people that you just said, or yeah. like se- send me some links or some eBay links or Pinterest, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm yeah. definitely, um, whenever I think that I've found like all there is to find suddenly mm-hmm. I, I realize that there's a whole nother world out there that I've been 
sort of um, missing out on. Yeah. yeah. I'm always surprised how little of it's been digitized, like how. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, have you been on the Peculiar Manicule? No. Tell me all um, the good stuff. I need to know where all the, all the, because I, yeah. I've seen all the stuff that's been like digitized in sort of this Pinteresty kind of way. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I, I've seen most of that. Uh-huh. Now I'm starting, I need to start buying some of that print ephemera that you're talking about. Cause yeah. I have a total thing for the, the, the nostalgia of it all and the craft. Yeah. No longer there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Peculiar manicule. He's sort of remedying the fact that a bunch of it hasn't really been digitized. Um, he's another collector. He also collects um, this sort of artwork. He collects a lot of the like psychedelic stuff and uh, the 60s and 70s illustration and posts it on his website. Uh, nice. His name's David. And yeah, I've been talking to him a bit lately and I'm going to be contributing some from my collection to sort of expand it a little. Because um, so cool. there's a lot of the same like uh, passion uh, illustrators and designers were passionate about and so sort of uh trading info back and forth about some of them because yeah i feel like uh, i love pushpin a lot and i think they've done a really great job of sort of keeping their legacy alive um but then there's a bunch of other illustrators who were quite prominent at the time but because there was never a monograph about them and they never had a book they just sort of have fallen by the wayside um but we're doing some really strong work so yeah just sort of trying to find who those people are and assembling as big a collection of any of them as I can has been fun. Yeah, for sure. I had the opportunity and I kind of wish it, it was so early on in the process of this podcast mm-hmm. that I yeah. made this happen, but I got to meet um, Seymour Quast and I, oh, cool. and he was like, come to my house. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, go, yeah. go to like Seymour Quast and Paula Chair's house. Like, okay, yeah. try not yeah. to have a heart attack. Uh, yeah. But he was like super cool. And um, at the time I had sort of just discovered him and I just mm-hmm. I, I immediately was just like, I, I need to meet him. Yeah. But I kind of wish yeah. I could go back now having had learned a little bit more about like, you know, um, Ed Sorrell and all those mm-hmm. different guys, those kind of unsung yeah. heroes. Yeah. So I think for me at this point, mm-hmm. I just am happy to collect and observe. Yeah. And, and I know I'm probably most likely not going to be able to have an output Mm-hmm. like someone someone like yourself um but i still think that i could really have like a deep appreciation for it which is which is cool mm-hmm. but there was a period where I, I wanted to get more into illustration and i realized there's people that are far better at it than i am mm-hmm. um but one of the things that i used to worry about was i had such a love for those sort of old-fashioned hand-drawn illustrative mm-hmm. styles that we're talking about mm-hmm. then i always wondered early on before i saw knew better and saw examples mm-hmm. of it if i would be able to translate that into something that's you know like could i get this in the new york times could i get uh-huh. this in something more modern did you ever have a time where like you had to figure out a way to make it sort of like ready for the commercial world of today if that makes sense yeah like i i definitely think that's a concern and i sort of i worry sometimes i try not to cross the line between like uh um yeah, try to sort of be specific about what my references are. Right. Um, so that it doesn't just become like a bunch of like pictures of people in like bell bottoms giving like peace <laughs> signs with like right, yeah. Cooper font in the yeah, headline. Exactly. Um, right. So yeah, I, 
sometimes I feel like I am a little too on the nose with that sort of thing and don't want uh, and should scale it back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I feel like a big thing for me when I was trying to find what I wanted to draw was looking back at what the references were that the people I'm inspired by were inspired by, mm -hmm. um, like just taking it one step back and then hopefully, and, uh, yeah, and it just, um, and then looking at what they're inspired by, like, if you look at like all the pushpin stuff, then you can look at the art deco from the thirties and then right. you look at the art deco and you say, what were they inspired by and then you're looking at a bunch of cool egyptian pictures um right. and like copying little things from like egyptian art um and so <laughs> just trying to sort of not be like singular in your focus and just like like taking it a few steps back before bringing it a few steps forward um, yeah i think that um art and illustration is very similar to music or, mm -hmm. or really art of any kind is mm -hmm. sort of just like referencing from the past and kind of going back as far as they can and like putting their own spin on it. I interviewed uh, Sean Adams, who was mm -hmm. at the Art Center College of Design and, and does uh, teaches a lot of um, graduate art students. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he said to me was that essentially everything has been done. Mm -hmm. at, at least know who you're ripping off from and then try and mm -hmm. like, you know, make yeah. them like, would they be proud kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I see on some of your illustrations that there's mm -hmm. sort of this like smart uh, this sort of smiling TikTok sort of uh, face thing. It sort of reminded mm -hmm. me a little bit of like Mary Blair. Is that am I just looking too deep into that? Oh yeah, like I I, got like a, it's a small world vibe, which I love. Yeah, no, I did in a like it's not a direct reference or anything, but I do like Mary Blair. She's cool. When I was uh, last time I was at Disney World in like high school, I rode. Uh, it's a small world like five times and made everyone I was with hate me. So um, everyone's like, dude, come on, Magic Mountain. You're like, no. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I feel like I was making pictures for, or I still do lots of the times. Don't make my pictures smile. And then lately I've been trying to make them smile for the uh, extra commercial appeal. Um, awesome. <laughs> so, like, as I do feel like to a certain extent, if something's a smiling picture, you're like, oh, I like that. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, that I, makes I, me feel good rather than like some like sad looking dog or something, you know? So. Yeah. I think, especially with everything with COVID and with just the past couple of years have been so seemingly dark. I think one of the things that really appeals to me about your work in particular is just, it's fun. It's has this sort of like escapism to it and, and it, it's colorful and it's, it's optimistic. So I think that that's, that's really cool. And I would kind of like to see more of that out there. Sometimes things seem so serious, but mm -hmm. When I see your work, it makes me want to sort of open up Illustrator or Photoshop or just start drawing it. And uh, <laughs> oh, that's nice really to cool. you. <laughs> yeah. So a little transition from that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious to know a little bit about your process. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it a lot of it hand drawn and then put into Photoshop or Illustrator? No, I really. Uh, like made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, pretty much entirely Photoshop. I sort of resisted Photoshop for a long time when I was in school. I feel like a lot of people were sort of like, uh, oh, we should, um, oh, you should, doing it by hand is the only like true way and sort right. of this like pride around like having perfect finals that you're doing by hand. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really good at that and like keeping things clean. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I don't know it's just like uh, that's already been done I figure like um people have been doing that for a 
yeah, since the genesis of illustration, so you might as well uh, use yeah. whatever tools are available for you. Um, yeah, so just working directly in Photoshop, uh, making little, uh, I love keyboard shortcuts for uh, flipping things. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of little keyboard shortcuts for like mirroring images and just sort of repeating. Step and repeat is fun to just yes. like take uh, uh, yeah, your picture and just like do 20 of the same pattern. Right. And it just sort of frees you up to um, do things that I wouldn't be able to traditionally or that if I did do traditionally would drive me insane. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How long did it take before you felt like you were really comfortable with your workflow? I know that on this podcast, a lot of times we talk about mm -hmm. um, sort of the mental side of things of like imposter sy syndrome and all that. But there's mm -hmm. also, I feel like at times I neglect the, um, just like the skill, like working on your skill set, memorizing the, the shortcuts, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. How long did it take before you felt like you were really proficient and in, in utilizing the software and you kind of felt um, that it wasn't hindering you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's, yeah, I sort of love hearing everyone's like weird Photoshop hacks because <laughs> Photoshop is sort of terrible. And so you sort of have to, uh, like, I just set like custom shortcuts I could remember a little more easily so that they're right in easy reach whenever I'm doing stuff. Um, and yeah, just sort of if there's a, um, technique you want to do that doesn't have a clear way to do it in Photoshop, just sort of trying to figure out what the most efficient way to do that is. Um, probably took me a few years and then uh, sort of just like second nature, pressing all the buttons um, yeah. and making like little Photoshop actions and stuff that will like speed things up for like, uh, yeah, adding texture to certain elements and uh, being able to fine tune that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. Do you yeah. have, do you use like Kyle brushes? Do you, um, I, I, if at any point you don't want to answer any questions, you can, but oh, I'm, no, no, I'm, it's, I'm, um, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, like, no, I like, I use Kyle brushes for, uh, for my coloring. Um, I've sort of been doing like a scumbly thing the last few years and sort of refining that technique using like a uh, multiple um, layers. Like I'll fill everything in with the paint bucket tool and then duplicate that layer you shift the one below it and then paint over it oh. so that it gives like a scumbly effect and that's been sort of fun that's um, awesome but yeah know, it took me like two years figuring out the most efficient way to do that before right. i was like painting it in two colors and then like right before that like scanning in all the things and um and then for like my main line work brush i used to do that in Sharpie before I did everything in Photoshop. So then I like scanned my line in, in the Sharpie and tried to like get as close as I could to the spacing on it for a custom brush. Right. Um, and yeah, just sort of trying to like copy things I was already doing or, uh, yeah. And then all the, yeah, I had custom textures that I, uh, made back in like 2012 or 2011 and That's have been awesome. using since. Um, yeah. So, I think it's really pretty special that you knew what you wanted to do essentially right out of the gate. And it's just mm -hmm. been an iterative thing of just getting better and learning the different skills and how to streamline that. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any advice for someone that maybe is curious about illustration, has like a baseline skill set for it, but maybe doesn't know where to begin? Like um, about like you know finding a style that sort of thing. If somebody was to ask you that question, how would you go about 
Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like uh, it sort of goes back to just like finding the very specific thing that you are passionate about in illustration, like um, to not just, I feel like it's easy to see another illustrator you like and sort of uh, say like, oh, I want to make work like that. But that takes more time to sort of be conscious about, um, right? yeah, like what your niche would be within it. Um, and I feel like to a certain extent also uh, when you're first starting out, you just need like to sort of be uh, willfully ignorant of uh, what you're getting into, just sort of like blindly go into it and be like, okay, I'm good enough. Like I can do this. Uh, it, like I, I feel like there's a lot of people are waiting for like the moment where they feel like they're ready to do something right. and maybe you're not ready but you should do it anyway um yeah yeah i guess not if your artwork looks like really bad or <laughs> like but i feel like there's a certain level of like professionalism that you reach um where like you might not be perfect and no one's perfect but like it's it's, it's maybe something that you should put on instagram yeah yeah <laughs> So there's obviously like a commercial side of, you know, that's what makes like graphic design illustration. You have to sell it to people. Um, can you talk about the first time that you had your work published or got your work out there? And um, if you're somebody who is feeling confident in your skill set, but wants mm -hmm. to sort of either sell prints or get representation or, or mm -hmm. something along those lines, yeah. what would your advice be? Um, I think it's uh, early on, I did a lot of visits to different um different places I wanted to work. So the first one was just going to the New York Times and meeting everyone there. They're pretty open about seeing uh, people right out of school. And um, yeah, I really generous with their time there. Um, so I went in and like brought my portfolio and showed them everything and uh, got my first job from them a couple of weeks later. Um, so it was fun just having that in person. Yeah, just seeing because it can feel sort of lonely and like you're being ignored, just like sending emails to everyone is right. sort of cold. Um, and so just having that face-to-face um, -face is really great. And I still send, I haven't been able to since the pandemic started, but I still love sending out like paper promos are great. Um, and I feel like a lot of my work was really coming from sending out those paper promos. I would make this like a newspaper that I would print up and then send it out to people I wanted to work with. And like, that's awesome. 90% of my work for a couple of years was from people who had seen that or uh, picked it up at like a coffee shop or whatever. That's so um, cool. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for doing this. It's been really incredible. Is there anything that you could say without being too cliche about it, you know, to your mm -hmm. younger self? <laughs> if you can go back in a time machine all the yeah. cliche tried and true things yeah um, adv advice for people just starting out yeah one thing um yeah I was I always think about how I wish I heard more people talk about uh that a day job is okay for the first couple of years of doing illustration um I feel like I felt a lot of shame about having a day job for like the first four or five years of uh illustration and what was your job I, um I did a bunch of weird ones I was an archivist for a while and I did like the David Cronenberg uh archive I like scanned that in um and then a food taster where I like tasted gross McDonald's french fries for like 
two hours a day <laughs> and then like worked at a plant store. Um, and then I would like quit the jobs and be like, I'm a full-time illustrator. I can do this, <laughs> but I probably should have just like kept the jobs and yeah, not, like yeah. been panicked totally about money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel like people should, uh, yeah. Cause like, especially like editorial illustration, unless you have like multiple, uh, types of revenue coming in from that. Um, I feel like it can be tough to make a go of it when you're like, paying off all your student loans and stuff um yeah. so yeah just less shame around that sort of thing and more transparency about sort of the costs of entering a creative profession yeah yeah I'm, I'm so glad you said that because that's kind of where i'm at right now and yeah. i actually feel a lot of peace of mind just having just my local job like around the corner yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually working right now with the mm -hmm. same company that i worked at while i was in college mm -hmm. and i used to have so much ego behind like oh you know, I, I have this podcast and I have to like, I have to work at like the best agencies or, or, yeah. like, or like you were saying, I have to quit yeah. my job and tell people to go screw and then just go freelance yeah. and like put it yeah. out there on LinkedIn. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to do that. It's perfectly yeah. acceptable to just like have a, a, reg, a quote unquote, like regular nine to five job yeah um, with a little bit of wiggle room to learn stuff and i mm -hmm. feel like it'll really pay dividends it's not the yeah it's not the coolest thing ever but also mm -hmm. like no one really cares you know? yeah like my yeah. parents are just happy i have a job now. <laughs> yeah i was yeah, like I, I have to prove them wrong and work at google or whatever and they're yeah. just like no we just don't want you to borrow money from us anymore so yeah yeah whatever yeah, like, it takes dude <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people would be a lot less stressed if they weren't worried about being a cool full-timer for the first little while so yeah and i feel yeah. like eventually it will get there like yeah like i'm learning uh like we were talking about before mm -hmm. all the different things like step and repeat and all the different mm -hmm. shortcuts it's it's kind of cool to have a job where i'm able to learn that stuff mm -hmm. without some like crazy art director like yelling at yeah. me on my shoulder yeah <laughs> i can yeah. kind of sneak and get away with stuff I, i'm by the way, totally positive that my current employer will not listen to this. So if you're like, uh -huh. dude, you're going to get fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? I want to be best friends with you. I want you to send me stuff all the time. Send me the mm -hmm. cool shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, Instagram's good. Nolan Phillips Pelletier. Um, and that's very hard to remember, but it's all on my website, nolan, nolan, nolan .com. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so three Nolans and then emails nolan at nolan, nolan, nolan um, dot com. So, that's awesome. Um, yeah. It's been so much fun. Uh, yeah, it's great meeting you. Have bye. a good one. Yeah.